when most of us think of missionaries, when we think of who missionary, what a missionary is, you know, we usually think of people who are going across seas, going to places like China or Africa is a common place that people go. Or some people even who are missionaries, we think of them and, you know, they can't even disclose the locations that they're going to uh, because they don't have the freedom as we do are in certain places to be able to declare the name of Jesus with freedom. Come on, somebody this morning. And the fact of the matter is, even though this ain't my message, I just want to encourage somebody to understand that it's a privilege that you get to stand in a public place like a movie theater where they be talking about all sorts of crazy stuff and being able to declare the name of Jesus. It's an honor to be able to stand and call people to follow the name, the person who has a name above all names. Come on, somebody. And so missionaries, when we think about it, there are places that people go and they cannot disclose this. You know, and the thing I love about my wife, my wife is amazing. My wife was not waiting for me to be a complete person. You know, some of us, we feel like you got to get married or you have to have somebody to be in a place of wholeness. But how many of you know that one, one hole and one hole make one hole? Come on. And so my wife, she was in a place where she was secure in who she was. And when I met her, she had traveled to the Middle East doing ministry and preaching in Africa, you know, and in, in multiple places. And she even went, one time went down to when Hurricane Katrina hit. She went down uh, to Louisiana and to Mississippi and led a team of individuals, a relief team, for a while she was down there serving and helping them to rebuild and to navigate through the catastrophic, uh, you know, situation that took place down there. And so, you know, when we think of missions, when we think of being missionaries, that's what we usually think of, going abroad. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Somebody say, ain't nothing wrong with it. Come on. There's nothing wrong with this. However, the issue is that when we think of missionaries, because we're thinking about far away, we usually negate or we forget about the responsibility that we have to reach our own home. Come on, somebody. Do you know that in the city of the greater, the greater Toronto area, there are six point, about 6.5 million people. And about 50% of those people are not professing Christ. Isn't that a staggering statistic? And so that's literally millions of people who do not yet know or are in relationship with the king of kings that we just saw on the screen and heard about on the screen in our video. There are millions of people who yet do not know that a God loves them. Come on. And that he died for their sins when they were yet sinners and rose from the dead with all power in his hands. And that no matter what it is that they've done, that he's willing to accept them for who they are. There are millions, somebody say millions, millions of people who have not yet encountered Jesus. But yet we think that missions is all about going overseas. But I wonder if there's somebody in this place that understands that our city needs Jesus. Come on. And wherever you're watching this from today, I want to encourage you to understand as well that your city, wherever you are, is in need of Jesus. Come on. There are crackheads in our city that need to meet Jesus. There are people who 
who are out there prostituting themselves that need to meet Jesus. There are people who are in their homes depressed with the blinds, with the shades drawn because they don't want to see anybody because of the depression that has plagued their soul and they need they need Surf City Church and the churches that are around our city to stand up and declare that there is a God who is greater than any devastation that you face. Who did I come to preach to on this morning that understands and believes that God has what you, what our city needs? So we got to get to the place where we are missionaries, but missionaries are not only focused on abroad, but also focused on the, 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 the people that in our, are in our city that need to know Jesus. And many people, I'll tell you this, man, because, you know, a lot of people ridicule when they see new churches popping up and they say, why do you need a new church? Don't they have don't they have enough churches around the city? I mean, there's like a thousand churches in this city. Well, how is it that with a thousand churches that there's still millions of people that need to be saved? And you talking about why we planted a new church? Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but we need that's why we believe so strong in church planting. This past year, we gave over ten thousand dollars, eleven thousand dollars towards church planting. Come on alone. Then and as a result, seven churches have been planted around the nation of Canada because of your giving because how many of you know that church planting statistically is one of the greatest forms of evangelism because there are churches when i love sir city i love when people come to our church and they're like y'all are different and you guys you know you don't have to do all sort jump through all sorts of hoops in order to reach and impact people and you're wondering you're saying man so many people are getting saved why do you think man it's because god moves through church planting and as many churches as we can plant you know our vision around the city of toronto to reach a lost and dying world we are going to do it somebody say go fish perspective there's millions of people in our city save the i mean think about the world and this is why we need to be on mission this is why we need to see ourselves as missionaries in our household first and our in our community and then not only this but around the nations of the world but i want to note this so jesus here as we go to our text we find him we find him putting uh beginning his ministry so he was walking on earth he was growing up he was doing stuff and right up until when he turned 30 when he turned 30 years of age is where he began his ministry and he actually did all that he did within three years everybody say three years because he died when he was uh, 33 years old and so we find here i think this is notable at the beginning of his ministry before he goes and does anything look at what he does does he uh, we find here in verse 18 while walking by the sea he saw two brothers Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men so the first thing that Jesus does at the inception of his ministry is call disciples because he did not intend for him to be the only person that was establishing and talking about the kingdom of God where are you this morning? 
And so he establishes it because he understands that there is power in numbers. Come on. And he knew that there was coming a time when he would leave the earth. And as Pastor Brandon preached about a few weeks ago, that he would leave this mission to those of us who would he would call to be missionaries to continue the work and even do greater works than he did even when he was on the earth. Are you with me this morning? And so he calls disciples. And I just love it because Jesus called them where they were. Jesus called them. They were fishermen. They were in the boat doing what they did. Doing what they did to make a living. And that's where Jesus met them. Come on. Jesus didn't meet them at the church. He didn't meet them at the altar or in the temple. He met them right in the middle of what it is that they were doing. And I'm here to tell you today. Because some of us, we feel like God couldn't put a call on our lives. God couldn't want you because of where you are or what you're doing. But I wonder if it's five or six people in here this morning that know that Jesus can call you right where you are. Come on. He, I, 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 I love how we talk of how we see about Paul who was known as Saul how he was literally on his way to persecute Christians and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his high horse because he thought he had it all together and when he knocked him off his high horse and blinded him he ended up calling him to ministry right here he was can I talk to you about a lukewarm church musician I used to be that person I would show up in church and I'd be looking if I could just be real about which girl I was going to try to get with after service and I was lukewarm and I was up there and I was just carrying the appearance the appearance of someone who was godly but I was far from God and it was right there when I was on the bass guitar come on that I heard the gospel of my salvation and Jesus begun to do a work in my heart I don't know where you are right now but I'm here to tell you that if you hear the sound of the gospel through my voice that God is calling you unto he'll call you right in the club come on somebody he'll call you right in that person's bed that's not your husband or your wife can I keep it real he'll call you right in the crack house he'll call you he'll call you right where you are he'll call you right when you're gang banging he'll call you right in the time when you're in the middle of your depression he'll call you right where you are who am I talking to this morning somebody give God praise because he'll call you And I love how he does it. He meets them right where they are. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So he sees them fishing and he says, I'll make you fishers of men. I just love how Jesus is, you know, how he does that type of stuff. It's kind of the equivalent of if he found them in the club, you know, dropping it like it's hot. He'll be like, follow me and I'll make you drop the devil because hell is hot. You know? And so I just love it how he's able to meet us right where we are. And, you know, that's why some of us, we feel like we have to get it all together. We have to get it together before we get to the place where Jesus can use us. But I wonder if there's anyone that understands that Jesus can get you and use you right where you are. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then, you know, the thing is, so we're going to unpack and look at going and fishing over these next uh, few weeks and challenging us to become disciples and being individuals who are fishers of men because there's a lost and dying world among us and there are people in here right now. This is why we show up every Sunday morning and do this because we're fishing, y'all. Come on. We're believing that somebody will show up on a Sunday morning who feels like their hope is lost and they will make the decision today to give their lives to Jesus. Does anybody else believe that that's possible today? 
we out here fishing. And so the thing is, before they went out and impacted others, there were some things that they had to have in place. Some things they had to have in place. So the first thing was right connection. Everybody say right connection. Fishermen have to have the right connection. Fishers of men. So if you are a fisherman or a fisher of men, you have to be one who has the right connections. Now understand, uh, because you know some people, we see this story and they say, we say, you know, we see that Jesus, that these disciples, Jesus just went up to them and said, follow me. And they left immediately. And so we look and we're like, man, these people, I mean, that must have been a pretty powerful call for them to get out the boat. I would have been, especially get out the boat with their dad. My, you know, our, our, my parents would have been my mother. Boy, where are you going? Get your bottom back in this boat before I land two lashes in it. That was Beijing. Because I would be scared to get up out the boat, especially if I'm there working for my mama, you know, and or my dad. And I get up and get out of there and just end up, you know, following this this man that's walking, talking about follow me. Come on, somebody. And so, you know, oftentimes we have to really think about what it is that's happening and, 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 and what the mindset is. And so but the thing is that Jesus actually had inter an interaction with them that was life changing prior to him seeing them on the shore. And John is the one that records it. You can write this down and check it out later. In John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42, there's an individual named John the Baptist. Everybody say John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was a forerunner of Christ. He was one that came announcing that Jesus, the Messiah, or the anointed one of God, was going to show up. And so he had some disciples who were following him. John the Baptist did. And so what happens is Jesus shows up on the scene. John the Baptist books him and recognizes that he is the Messiah. And so he's declaring, this is the dude. He understood his assignment. He wasn't jealous of Jesus. That's a whole nother sermon right there. But he understood his assignment and he pointed these individuals to Jesus because that was what he was sent into the world to do. And so the disciples, Andrew and uh, Peter, who was named Simon at the time, his name was changed. His name was changed to Peter. They end up going and hanging out with Jesus where he was staying. And so they have this encounter with Jesus and end up in this boat. When Jesus walks by and says, come and hang with me. And so fishermen have to have the right connection. They were John the Baptist's disciples first. But then when Jesus showed up, they made a shift which turned them into fishers of men. There are a lot of you that are in relationships right now, come on, and are connected to certain people that are holding you back from walking in your destiny and your purpose. And some of you are wondering and saying, why is it that I'm not fulfilling or walking into what it is that God has put in my heart? And oftentimes it's because we have the wrong connections. Can I tell you, and I'm not up here trying to manipulate people into coming and joining our church. You hear me pray for churches every Sunday by name. And if God is leading you to go to one of them go and be a part but oftentimes we are connected to the wrong churches come on somebody and the church is great and it has some great historicity and did some amazing things but they become stagnant and oftentimes we are connected to these places and it's hindering us from fulfilling what it is that God has called us to do 
And some of us, we're loyal, but no, my whole family was there. And my, you know, my grandmother was dedicated as a baby there. And, you know, and, you know, they have some great cookies in the lobby. And it's like that should not be the qualification for you to determine where it is that you're connected to. I don't care how great the worship is. Come on. I don't care how great the preaching is. I don't care how friendly and smiley the people are. If you are not walking in destiny and purpose, and it's not because some of us, the reason why we're not walking in destiny and purpose where we are is because we're just being ignorant and we don't want to plug in but there are others who are a part of churches that are not going nowhere and pastors might hate me for this but I love you anyway but the facts of life are that a lot of people are not being raised up where they are because of the leader they're connected to and it might even be a good ministry come on somebody it might even be a place where you were supposed to be connected to for a season like John the Baptist John the Baptist was not a bad guy But his assignment or their assignment to him was just to walk with him until it was time for them to connect to Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, them becoming the fishermen that God called them to be had to do with them connecting to Jesus. Can I just keep it real this morning? So fishermen have the right connection. Come on, you've got to be in that place. But not only this, so this is important, man. And I just want you to understand this stuff because, you know, there's some of us that have just been holding on and we've not been walking in what God has called us to. And I'm telling you that oftentimes, you know, the place of blessing and your destiny is connected to a location. Come on, it's connected to a connection, the right connections. So moving onward. Look at what happens here. So Jesus tells them, he says, uh, he meets them where they are. He calls them and, and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Can I tell you number two, that fishing is attached to following? Fishing. If you're going to be a fisher of men, come on. Thank you, sir. If you're. If you're going to be a fisher of men, it's attached to following. It's not just attached to followed. He didn't just say, come and follow me for a second. No, he says, follow me and I will make you, which is indicative of a process. Come on. They had to continue to follow Jesus. And that would be, he as a result would make them fishers of men. And this would have to be, what an amazing king that the call that's on his life, because they end up leaving immediately here in this second interaction. What an amazing king, what an amazing draw that he would have to have to get them because this call was not just just a call come hang with me for a day the call that he was having on their life was leave your primary source of income and i will make you a fisher of men you're accustomed to looking to the boat and the sea come on for your sustenance but now it's time to look to the savior I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. I'm not telling you to leave your job. I don't know what it is that you're in. Some of y'all, you do have to leave your job uh, to follow Jesus successfully and walk into what it is that he called you to. But some of you just need to be on mission in your job and you need to follow Jesus at your job. Come on, somebody. And you've been looking at this thing as your source and as your sustenance when you should be looking at the Savior. But being a fisher of men and an effective fisher of men comes through following Jesus. And notice, and so there, this was such a powerful draw that they were willing to walk away from their primary source of sustenance because they knew that their source was calling them. 
And not only this, not only this, you know, but, but we have to be to the place where we understand because some of us, we say, well, I followed Jesus when I said yes to him. When we, you know, when we made that, we made that call and, you know, we called for you to give your life to Christ and to repeat this prayer and to do all of this, you know, I followed Jesus. And so I've already done it and that's just it. But that's all you did. You just raised your hand and you repeated a cute prayer, but then you went back to the boat and started doing whatever it was that you were doing previously. But I wonder if there's anyone that understands and knows that fishing is attached to following. It's a process. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we, it's something that we're called to do. And can I tell you even this? Because some of us, we're in a place where we're having challenges following because we're struggling with understanding. And I'm here to tell you that God's call upon our life. He doesn't call you and expect you to understand everything. In fact, we find scriptures that, you know, that indicate that following Jesus and trusting God is the way to go. And leaning to our own understanding is the thing that is hindering us from walking in our destiny. You got to get to the place where when you're following Christ, that you're willing to, based upon his calling, if he's called you, that you're willing to follow now and understand later. To follow now and let your feelings catch up. Come on. If you sit there, some of us, God has clearly called you. He has clearly called you to walk uh, into something. He's clearly called you to make a decision and, and to be a fisher of men. I don't know what a fisher of men looks like for you, but some way that he wants to use you to reach people for him. And we have been hesitating because we don't understand or because, oh, I don't feel like it. You think Jesus felt like it when he got whipped in his back with that cat of nine tails? Come on. Do you think Jesus felt like it when he got got up on the cross and had a a crown of 72 thorns pressed in his head do you think Jesus felt like it when he had his heart sack pierced and blood and water came gushing out do you think that he felt like it when they tried to make him march up that hill uh, uh, that Mount Calgary uh, Calvary on the hill called Golgotha when they hung him high and they stretched him wide and he hung his head and he died do you think that he felt like it but the Bible declares in Hebrews chapter 12 that for the joy that was set before him come on church somebody shout joy he endured the cross you know who the joy was the joy was every single one of y'all in this place he saw you and he saw your life come on he saw that you needed a transformation he saw the city of Toronto he saw the city of Chicago he saw the state of Michigan he saw our world and that was the joy that was set before him and so he was willing to walk in a place of sacrifice come on because of the joy that was set before him and there's some of you in this place today day and you've been letting your feelings dictate uh, your actions and you've been letting the way you feel or the fact that you don't understand stuff right away to hinder you from making the steps that you need to make to be able to be a fisher of men but can I tell you today that you need to understand and realize that procrastination leads to hesitation come on and then which leads to immobilization and then to termination let me say thick it, thick it again. Procrastination leads to hesitation. When you start procrastinating and trying to, well, okay, you know, if I follow him, then blah, 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 blah is going to happen. And then, and then we, as a result, we hesitate. Because uh, I love how it says in the text, immediately. Somebody say immediately. 
And so there, you know, you're, you're, that's how we do. We end up hesitating. And after we hesitate, it leads to immobilization. Some of where we stop and we're not doing anything. Some of you have been sitting on plans and dreams that God has placed in your heart for years. Come on. And this is the second week that God is having me talk about this. So I'm going to share this again. Some of you, there are things that the Lord has called you to do and you've been immobilized. You've just been sitting there on it. Come on, on your blessed assurance. Come on. And I showed up today to tell you to wake the faith up. Come on. And start walking in what it is that God has called you to do. There are people, there are people whose destiny is attached to your yes. Can I preach it like I feel it? There are people, there are people who are depressed out there that they need your yes because your yes is going to pull them out the pit. Come on. There are people out there who feel like blowing their brains out, but they need to hear through you that there's a savior who died for their sins. Come on. And wants to have relationship with them. That even when their father walked out on them, that there's a God that would never walk out on you that even when their mother forsook them and said I don't want to have nothing to do with you no more that he's better than a forsaking mother who am I talking to this morning that knows that there's a God that we gotta tell folk about and there are people that are waiting on your yes fishing is attached to following there are things you don't understand, but that's okay. You still, if God, the creator of this world and the creator of you tells you to get up, come on, then you've got to be to the place where you are willing to follow that which he has told you to do. My favorite musician is Corey Henry. All right. Some people might know who Corey Henry is. Corey Henry is my absolute favorite musician of all time. He is a young man. But he can play everything, and especially on the Hammond organ. How would I, wouldn't I look crazy going to Corey Henry? If I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's one of my biggest dreams is to meet Corey Henry. And uh, I've all, I, I remember one time I went to a concert. I made it front row. And then it was somebody else that was playing in his place. And I was so disappointed. But I would love to meet. If any of you love me and you want to do something nice for me, give me some Corey Henry tickets. Snarky Puppy or when he's actually playing with them. Or the Funk Apostles. But anyways. uh, But, you know, how crazy would it look if I showed up and I had an opportunity to meet Corey Henry. And I have a chance to learn from the great, probably one of the greatest musicians of all time. And I'm sitting there arguing with him about, no, that's not how you play that. No, actually, you know what? You need to, in fact, that's the wrong keyboard. You know, you need to go get this keyboard. In fact, you know what? Uh, You just, uh, let, let, let me show you how to play. Wouldn't I look crazy? Or Chick Korea, how about that? Come on. Okay, jazz musicians in the house. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if I showed up and I'm sitting here trying to tell someone I don't know half of the stuff. I don't even know. Uh, uh, I don't know the be- I don't know the beginning of what Corey Henry knows as it pertains to music. And for me to show up and act like I have something to tell, or I have to understand. Trust me, no. I'm just. I'd be thankful that I get to be in his presence. I'd be thankful that I would get to learn from him. I'd be thankful I have my smartphone out trying to insta story and do all sorts of crazy stuff because I'd just be happy and I want to learn whatever it is that he has to offer. And many of us, you have access to the King of Kings, and the King of Kings has a call on your life. And the disciples, they sensed and they understood. They their hearts were so captivated by whatever it is that he declared to them that they were willing to leave it all immediately somebody say immediately Immediately. and follow him 
and there are many of us you are in this place and God has been calling you and God has been drawing you John 6 44 says none can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them and God has been drawing you he's calling you to follow him come on he's calling you to follow him and you have not yet said yes to him and now is your time to say yes and you might have said yes it's a salvation but you might not have said yes to your calling And he's calling you to say yes to what is it that he's called you to do and to be. This is what they, this is what they had, had to be established before they went out and opened the eyes of the blind. Before they went out and, and, and raised dead people. and did, They had to say yes to the Savior and to following him. Are you with me this morning? And so procrastination leads to hesitation, immobilization, and termination. But number three, number three. I'm almost done here. You know, you need to understand. And I love this, actually. Not only do fishermen have to have the right connection, number one. And number two, not only is fishing attached to following or effective fishing is attached to following. But number three, I want you to understand that becoming a fisher of men is a process. As Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. Somebody say, make you. I will make you fishers of men. I love this because this indicates to me that it's not something that you have to understand completely or know how to do fully. That you just have to be obedient in your following and Jesus will make you a fisher of men. That's so good to me. You know, because some of us, you say, oh, well, I don't know enough of the Bible. He'll make you a fisher of men if you follow him. Oh, I don't haven't been in church long enough. He'll make you a fisher of men. And as long as you commit to the following, he's committed to making you into what he's called you to be. Who's with me this morning? And I remember, you know, I, I, this is why Jesus actually walked with the disciples for three years before he left the earth and entrusted them with the mission and the call of God. He walked with them for three years. He did not just say, hey, I'm calling you deuces, I'm out. No, he would never leave the world completely to disciples who were especially like the, the, and I don't want to call them knuckleheads, but you know, those guys, they were doing some crazy stuff when they were walking with him. But I'm so glad that Jesus is a, a specialist at taking people where they are and making and molding them into what he's called them to be. I'm, you know, when I started in ministry, I remember looking back and I was a complete mess. I don't know how anybody got saved through my ministry. I was so condemning. You know, when you get, when you're just overzealous, they say zealous without wisdom. You know, we're just challenging. Everybody's going to hell, you know, and everybody's doing this and you need to. And I was just so dogmatic and I was just so, I just they had absolutely no tact. You know, and so I was pulling up to people at Burger King in the drive through like, do you know the Lord? <laughs> Sir, can I take your order? What would you like to drink? If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would be going? <laughs> you know, just no tact, you know, and we find a lot. And it's, it's true. I mean, you see those people that be picketing funerals and and, and uh, of soldiers and, and telling them God did this and all sorts of crazy stuff. Ineffective, absolutely ineffective in the way that they minister. And I'm glad that Jesus doesn't leave us. Thank you, sir. That Jesus does not leave us where we start. But he's committed to the process as long as we are committed to following him. 
And so I just want to encourage somebody because someone here today, just for, to make it practical, you're saying, you know, I'm in a place where I sense that God is calling me. I feel this drawing, but I don't have it all together. I want to go and work a few things out and then I'm going to connect with Christ. When in actuality, Jesus is saying, no, I'm not looking for you to work this thing out or get it together. I'm looking for you to just show up just the way you are. And as long as you follow me, show up to church. If all, You say, you know what? All I got to do is show up to church every Sunday. Get up in the morning. Open your Bible. Read for a few minutes. Come on. Just start making efforts towards showing God that you're following after him. Life groups are getting ready to come up. Connect in life groups. You're getting, we're to the place where we're saying, hey, share, share postcards, tell people, buy somebody's coffee and give them a card and tell them, hey, God loves you. These are ways that we find that we follow Christ and that we do what we need to do in those moments. And so I'm here to tell you that fishing is attached to following. And I'll even say this, being a fisherman is not about perfection. It's just about availability. It's not about perfection. It's not about you having it all together. God is just saying, are you one who will say yes? Are you one who says, Lord, I'm available to you. I'm a, I want you to use me however it is that you have called. I want you to use me. And we are a church. And I'll tell you, this is why we say that we have the motto, no perfect people allowed. Because we are a church, and I love this, where no matter who you are, where you come from, what you're doing right now, what you're about to leave and go do after church, come on somebody, or what's going to happen through the week, that we are committed to walking with you as long as you are committed to following. This is our heart and this is our hope. And so today, I don't know, I don't know who, you're, who you are in this place today or what your calling is or what God has called you to do. But I do know that he has called you to be a fisher of men. And that there's a lost and dying world that is out there. There's a lost and dying world in your neighborhood. There's a lost and dying world in your job. And many of us, we are in the position where we're just thinking about ourselves When in actuality, God is calling you and he said, I will make you a fisher of men. And so as we head into this Easter season and as we not only head into this Easter season, but even in just to the rest of our life, I challenge you and I encourage you to go fish. To be an individual that walks according to the call of the Lord.